Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, August 26th. That means that we are now eight days away from Razorback football. A week from tomorrow, you will be a week from game day. Arkansas versus Cincinnati, 2.30 p.m. Central Time in Fayetteville at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Get excited. Arkansas had their first day of Cincinnati prep on Thursday. So we're going to talk about what we heard from Sam Pittman after that. We've got some injury updates from Sam Pittman. Two starters have not been at practice the past two and three days. And then uh, we'll talk about some other stuff that we saw at practice. You know, a couple guys were on the field. Marcus Miller was back on the field. And then uh, our big debate topic is going to be, will Rocket Sanders rush for 1,000 yards this season? Um, Arkansas has not had a 1,000-yard rusher since Rakeem Boyd. So, uh do we think that Rocket Sanders can do it? We'll let you know. We'll talk about it. I'm Mason Choate. You're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast. We got Alex Trader with us today. We're from hogbeat.com, H A W G B E A T.com. We're the rivals website covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Go check us out. We got a lot of great stuff. Um, I actually, before we started recording this, just put out an injury report for Arkansas going into week one against Cincinnati. So go check that out if you're interested in what's going on there. We got videos, practice videos, practice notebooks, um, all that good stuff over at hogbeat.com. Alex, I know you're not feeling very well, man. You had a rough night last night. Yeah, you know, um, shout out again to Max Preps for doing the Lord's work and giving us accurate uh, start times and um, locations for all the high school football games. Yeah, basically, Alex, <laughs> Max Preps kind of screwed him over. So if if you're looking for game times and game locations for high school football, do not use Max Preps. And go ahead. Yeah, soon you'll be able to use hogbeat.com because I'm working on a new weekly uh, series where I put out where you can find all of Arkansas's recruits as a result of this because I went through it. I don't want y'all to have to go through it, so we're going to have – um, stream links for everything as well as uh, where guys are playing, what time they're playing, what day they're playing, uh, the location of all these games. And that'll either be coming out, you know, later today, if I'm able to round up all those links in time or sometime next week. So that that's going to be a new feature for our recruiting coverage that you guys are going to be able to uh, use instead of sites like Max Preps. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather people go to Hogbeat than Max Preps anyways. So um, as far as what we saw at practice on Thursday, like we said, first day of Cincinnati prep, they did not go through fastball. They did go through scout. So um, one thing about it being the first day of Cincinnati prep is that you saw a lot of players or we saw a lot of players on the field that were wearing jerseys with no names on the back because they were the scouts. And so that was a new thing. Uh, Marcus Miller was back on the practice field. Not a whole lot as far as during the media viewing period that we could see. Couldn't really see a whole lot. The two glaring things were Brady Latham and Jaden Hazelwood were not on the field once again. So Latham has missed three practices. Hazelwood has missed two. I'm not going to speculate on what their injuries are. I've heard rumors, but I don't report rumors. I report facts. So I'm not going to speculate on that. Um, Sam Pittman did not tell us what their injuries were. And so – all we can go off of is what he said about them and their timetables. And basically what he said was, here, let me pull it up. Uh, I believe that both of them will be back. 
I don't know. I feel strongly both of them will be back for the game. I'm not positive the day. Our goal will be to get them back no later than Monday, but of course we will have to wait and see on that. I really think Brady can probably practice right now. We're just trying to buy another 48 hours with him, to be honest with you. And then with Hazelwood, I don't know how he feels about Hazelwood or not, but he said that they already had a meeting with the coaches in case Hazelwood was not able to play on who the top three receivers are. And I think Keytron Jackson would move up to starter is what they're saying because they had him in the slot. And so um, Keytron Jackson would be in the slot if Hazelwood doesn't play, but you definitely want to have Hazelwood there. And so that would be tough to bring in this really, really good wide receiver, you know, former five-star, and he can't even play the first game for, as of now, an undisclosed injury. And so it's good to hear that Latham's going to be there. But if you think about it, and this is no offense to Brady Latham whatsoever, I think Jaden Hazelwood missing is probably a bigger deal than Latham because they feel more confident in their offensive line. One of the big things was Tykees Crawford moved up. You're confident in Tykees Crawford because what kind of what we've gotten from Sam Pittman is he you have like your first team and then you have like your 1A first team and that's basically just Tykees Crawford. So, I mean, do you kind of agree with that, Alex? Yeah, from what I've been able to hear in those media, uh, those pressers, you've got Sam Pittman basically saying, hey, we're waiting for Tykees to, you know, take, uh, I think it was Dalton Wagner's spot he was talking about or someone someone uh, on the outside there. And he's saying, you know, we're going to find a spot for that guy anyway. It's going to be kind of a committee approach regardless. So um, as much as it, it always sucks losing a starter, I think especially given the questions about the wide receiver position coming in um, and, and the kind of security on the offensive line since campus started, you're definitely feeling it a, a little bit more on the outside there with a guy who was – you know, brought in not necessarily to be Traylon Burks, to but to be a big part of what what's going on within that offense this season. I agree. I agree. Um, Marcus Miller, redshirt junior defensive lineman, he was back on the practice field. He had a knee scope after like the first three or four days of camp, and he missed the rest of fall camp. But he was back, wasn't in a green jersey. Pittman said he should be good to go next Saturday against Cincinnati. Um, Jaden Wilson and Marcus Henderson – wide receiver and offensive lineman, respectively. They were both still in green jerseys. It seems like Wilson should be fine to play. It's just a precautionary thing as far as having the green jersey. Uh, He said, don't count on Marcus Henderson for next Saturday. Henderson has not really done any team activities when the media is there. He's always off to the side working with a trainer on his own. I think he has a pectoral injury, um, and it must be worse than what we thought originally because he – He's still in a green jersey. He was in a green jersey basically all fall camp. Uh, the Another big one, Dominique Johnson. Uh, the question was asked, could he play against Cincinnati? Pittman said he doesn't know. He hasn't really been in contact yet. He's been moving well is, is what we've seen at practice. He's got that brace on his right knee after the ACL injury. And so, I mean, he looks fine. He's still in the green jersey. Um, and he probably still will be. And they said Monday is when they might see about getting him popped around a little bit, maybe get him into some contact, and then they'll go from there. If it was me, I would say don't count on Dominic Johnson for week one. You agree? I think with the depth you have at the running back position, that's a pretty fair assessment to to hold a guy out, um, especially in a game where you don't know. With Cincinnati losing so much, you don't know if you're not going to necessarily need – 
to be at 110 uh, percent health wise. So being able to get out there and give him a, a not a week off because Cincinnati is you know a tough opponent who was in the college football playoff last year, but to give him some rest and allow him to continue to get healthy for that growing SEC slate, I think is a benefit to not only him but to that that room and the offense as a whole. And yeah, we'll we'll get more into that running back position with our our conversation about Rocket Sanders later on. Um, so, but I agree. I mean, like, I I don't think he's gonna play either way. Um, but I that's to be determined. And so I did think it was interesting that Pittman kind of left that up in the air, though. I I thought he might shoot it down and say no, he's not gonna play Week One. Um, so that was interesting. And then another really interesting thing to me, um, and we kind of knew this, um, but. It, it was put into like words from Sam Pittman is that a lot of the cornerbacks have been banged up. And this is a reason why they haven't figured out who their number two corner is going to be. Cause right now it's, it's Hudson Clark. We've talked about that on this podcast. Um, and then from there, you don't re- they don't really know who their number two guy is. I asked Sam Pittman, you know, Hudson Clark and who else? And he said, they don't know yet. Um, it's between, like three guys, let me pull it up because I, I want to make sure I get it. So he said there's three of them, Dwight McLaughlin, Ladarius Bishop, and Malik Chavis. Um, and between those guys, they got to find someone. And then he was asked, you know, if you have those three guys, would you consider rotating them? And he said the problem is there's been nagging injuries. If they were healthy, they would have a good idea of who the top two corners are, but they haven't been healthy. And he said – it's been a groin pull here, a hamstring here, a quad here, things that take them out of practice, and nobody has really stood out yet. So he said they're all healthy now, so that's a good thing. So hopefully in the next day or two they'll have a decision. They got practice today on Friday and then a mock game on Saturday. And so the mock game is more of like situational stuff, like getting them dressed up, put them in you know situations, in-game situations. He said they're going to run through the A, all that kind of stuff just to, you know, kind of calm the nerves a little bit. And so probably won't get a whole lot out of that, but Friday's practice maybe. Um, we should know by next week. I mean, you have to know by next week because they have to release a depth chart. So, um, uh, okay, I think that's all we got from practice on Thursday. It was good to talk to Sam Pittman, especially after Latham and Hazelwood hadn't been there because those are two big-time starters that you need. And so, uh, as we mentioned, like, I feel okay about the offensive line. It's the receivers, and the good thing is, is that they've developed that depth, but also Jaden Hazelwood's your top receiver. And so, Alex, you weren't on the podcast yesterday, but Robert and I were talking, and there was somebody asked a question on the message board who I thought was going to lead the team in receiving yards, and I said, I mean, let's not let's not mess around here. It's Jaden Hazelwood. Like, let's not get too cute with it. It's going to be Jaden Hazelwood. Can you agree with that? Yeah, I think as long as this isn't a really serious injury, it has to be. But um, as far as another guy that you kind of have to look at that, given what he was able to do in granted limited uh, targets at at Toledo last year, Matt Landers is a is a you know big play machine. He's able to go out. I think he averaged over twenty yards per catch last season. Granted, like I said, limited sample size, but this is an offense that's explosive and can get out and run when it needs to. Um, and especially if you have that clear number one guy in Hazelwood, teams aren't going to be able to focus as much as on, on a guy like Matt Landers. So that's something that, you know, it, it's kind of addition by subtraction for him in terms of he's not the number one guy. He's not going to get as many looks from defensive coordinators and from defensive backs, at least early on in the season. 
Yeah. I mean, one, but once the book is out on him, then you know how that goes. But it'll um, be trickier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, we're just ignoring Warren Thompson, who is apparently like the most improved player on the entire roster. So I think that Warren Thompson will also do, do good. But let's talk about these running backs. So the, we've all heard the, the stat that Arkansas led all power five teams in rush yards and they averaged the most rush yards per game of any power five team last year. Nobody ran for a thousand yards though, which is not a big deal. I mean, you heard from Kendall Bryles, like stats don't matter if you're winning games and that's true, but it's fun to talk about. And so KJ Jefferson led the team with 664 yards rushing. Uh, Traylon Smith had 598 and he's no longer with the team. Rocket Sanders, 578. Dominique Johnson, 575. And then A.J. Green, 227. So my question is, can Rocket Sanders get 1,000 yards? Can he be the first 1,000-yard rusher since Rakeem Boyd? Um, I'll let you go, Alex, because I've been thinking about this. I'm going to have to say no. I mean, we've mentioned it time and time and time and time again throughout the podcast that we do at Hogbeat, but this running back room is really something special. You've got a guy returning in Dominic Johnson, you know, coming back off of an injury uh, who really, you know, came on last season and wasn't, wasn't out of nowhere, but it was not, he wasn't expected to be, you know, that much of a feature back within the offense. Um, As good as Rocket Sanders appears to be looking coming into this season, I don't think they're going to have a feature back again because you do have A.J. Green. You do have even a true freshman in Rashad Dubinion who's able to go out there and get carries, and uh, we've seen it with the running backs in the NFL. The more carries you rack up, the more disposable you are. So being able to, to get these guys through and say, hey, there are four guys who are going to be able to split carries, and we're going to get you guys all spots where you're getting looks in the NFL and you're getting the chance to, to play at the next level with less wear on your body – that's a huge plus. So I don't think that unless they have to, they're going to give that up. And, and as, as good as Sanders looks, I don't think he's you know head and shoulders better than any of the other backs in that starting rotation. I'll push back a little bit on that last statement. I do think that he is the most talented running back. And I think that there is a gap between him and the next guy, which would probably be Dominic Johnson. And that's no offense to Dominic Johnson, who's a great running back. I just think Rocket Sanders is that talented. But I also don't think that he will rush for a thousand yards. Um, that's just it's tough when you have this many mouths to feed because you also didn't even mention KJ Jefferson, who's gonna get his as a runner. And so it's like you have to Dominic Johnson might miss week one. And so that's gonna help Rocket Sanders as far as like yardage goes, because he's probably gonna be the go-to guy, the feature back. Um and once Dominic Johnson comes back, I really think it's just going to be a two-man show. Um, I like A.J. Green. I think Rashad Dominion is a great freshman. But if you look at the way that they did things last year, Traylon Smith, Rocket Sanders, Dominic Johnson, they all had 500 yards. And then A.J. Green had 227. Um, and so I look at that and I think, well, Rashad Dubinian, he's probably going to be you know, kind of that A.J. Green type this year. I, but I don't know if A.J. Green's going to get 500 yards this year. I don't know if he will. And so I really think it's just going to be between Rocket Sanders and Dominique Johnson. And when you're splitting that up, I still don't think Rocket's going to get a thousand yards because you also have to factor in KJ who led the team in rushing last year. And I don't know. I mean, he might take a step back from 664 yards, but KJ Jefferson is still going to run the ball and they still are going to have design runs for him. And he's still going to scramble out of the pocket and run if he needs to as well. So, um, I, 
I, I think Rocket could probably get like 800, 900, like that. I think that's possible, but I think it's going to be really tough for him to get that 1,000-yard threshold if they run the offense like they did last year. I don't know. Do you think that they'll keep that committee, maybe rotate? I don't know if they're going to rotate through four guys like they did last year. Yeah, it, I mean, we've only seen practice so far, so we're not seeing what they look like in-game situations beyond what we saw in spring ball. Um, so it, it is tough to look at it from that perspective and know right away. I think as soon as you see them in-game, you're going to be able to tell if this guy's able to to handle a bunch of carries and to handle you know a quarter or a third of that workload. But that is a fair point, like you mentioned. KJ came out and, and led the team in rushing, and that's a threat that, you know, kind of people knew about last year and they're knowing about it this year too. So I don't think if you're Arkansas changing what you did from a not your first nine win season in, in a long time is, is the right idea. I think they're going to kind of stick with the same approach as long as it, it stays beneficial for them. Yeah. So speaking of workload, if you look at it, rocket had 114 carries last year. Dominique had 97 carries. And, I mean, Dominique didn't really even come on until later in the season anyways. So, that's that's part of that. Uh, Traylon Smith had 119 carries. So, you got to make up 119 carries there. And you'll probably split that like 60-40 between Rocket and Dominique. 60 to Rocket, 40 to Dominique. I think that even when Dominique comes back, Rocket will still be the number one guy. But they're probably still going to rotate those two guys. And so... It's going to be tough to get a thousand. Heck, they could have two one thousand yard rushers. That's a possibility. It's happened before. I think the real question that needs to be answered is how much are they going to run the ball compared to how much are they going to throw it? Um, because you know that this team's going to be able to run the ball with the offensive line with the talented running backs. How how efficient are they going to be throwing the ball, and is that going to lead them to want to throw it more, or are they going to keep a balanced attack? Or because I mean, last year they ran the ball more than they threw it. They could be running the ball like 45, 50 times a game. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm being talked into it a little bit more the longer we're having this conversation. I'm still going to say no just because I, I do think, you know, this offense and especially Sam Pittman and the, uh, the, the rest of the play calling staff is out there, you know, noticing that they want to keep their guys fresh. It's a long, long season. You have – I mean, you're playing BYU in Provo in October, so that's not – there are no breaks throughout the middle of the season. Once you get past Missouri State, you're really, you know, that LSU game, though you think Arkansas is a better team going in, always a grind. Ole Miss, always a grind. So um, I think you try to keep guys fresh as long as you can. And then, you know, God forbid an injury happens. I think you are still comfortable at that position, but you want to minimize that. And I think the committee approach, especially at a position where you're getting hit and you're getting hit hard every play, um, like running back, I, I think the committee approach when you are able to do it, it is a more effective and probably you know better long term plan for uh, for a staff. I think we'll know right away in the Cincinnati game because really the thing that's holding me back is how many carries are AJ Green and Rashad DeBinion going to get. Um, I want to see in the Cincinnati game is Rocket Sanders going to be a true feature back. Because Sam Pittman said before fall camp started that he will be the feature back when he's fresh. And so do, how, how fresh can Rocket Sanders say? And also, how many carries are A.J. Green and Rashad Dubinion going to cut into that? 
um, unless Dominique Johnson comes back for Cincinnati, which I already mentioned, I don't think he will. Um, and then once Dominique Johnson comes back, then you're going to have to put those carries for Green and Dubinion down even more. So um, as we as I've mentioned, it's going to be between Sanders and Johnson. Um, heck, no, KJ's not going to rush for a thousand yards. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, like I could probably if, if I could probably talk myself into that, but I don't think that they're going to let him run that much that he's going to rush for a thousand yards. So um, I, I think that he'll get he'll go up from five seventy eight. He'll get probably more than 700 750 i just don't know if he'll pass a thousand he might have a thousand all purpose i think that you know he's a great receiving back um so that's one thing do you think he can get a thousand all purpose i was just about to add that and i do think that's very doable because you know you look at the options in the backfield and him being a pass catcher and being able to get back there and do that and provide that alternative option is another reason to keep him on the field so um Yet to see, you know, how Dubinion's going to do with pass catching. I know he struggled a little bit with pass blocking at some point earlier throughout fall camp. Um, if Rocket's able to be the, the, the you know, all-around, all you know, best back and he can run the ball and he looks like he's the best running, pure running back right now and he can catch and he's able to get out there and block for you, you're not going to want him off the field all that much. So that all does factor into whether or not he's going to be able to come out and and you know, get more touches. The more touches you get, the better you're, the better off you're going to be in terms of trying to add that yardage. How much do you think wearing the number five jersey helps Rocket Sanders get to a thousand yards? Do you think that helps? Probably at least plus seven to his overall rating. If we're talking about the new college football game coming, yeah, out. that's yeah. that's probably like a a two hundred yard bonus right there. Yeah, it's it's like the boosts in two K that you get from buy, buying the Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I mean, dude, I'm excited. It's Friday tomorrow. College football. I've already got my bets in. You wanna hear my bets? I I actually very much do. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me pull it. Let me pull my bets live on air. Uh, while Mason's doing that, if you guys are looking for some Razorback recruiting content, I'm gonna be at Bentonville West tonight in Arkansas. Go check that game out. Um, it's a huge opener between one of Arkansas's, you know, top teams at the highest classification, Bentonville West, going head-to-head -head against Razorback four-star commit Micah Tease. Um, Huge game, uh, big stakes, you know, not necessarily for conference, but it's going to be a good look at what, what Tease is able to do, and it's a great opportunity for Razorback fans to come check him out, um, you know, beyond just seeing it on film. So go check that out at uh, Wolverine Stadium. Uh, in uh, Centerton, Arkansas tonight, uh, right? I think it's either seven or seven thirty. I'm still putting that. I believe it's seven. So, yes, yeah, seven o'clock in Bentonville West. Yeah, I think I think all high school games start at seven. So, um, you should know that, Alex. Are you kidding me? Uh, a lot of six thirties, a lot of seven thirties. Really? Yep. Arkansas You'd be surprised. Games? Uh, uh, some uh, some games pushed. I think most Arkansas games are seven o'clock, but yeah. you got. The ones on the East Coast where you have to factor in, you know, an hour off that takes it to 6 or 6.30 and then 7.30 for some on like Alabama, Mississippi. It's a whole – you really got to pay attention there. Okay. Real quick, here are my bets and then we'll wrap it up. So I got Vanderbilt minus eight against Hawaii. I, I mean, Hawaii is just – they it's such a new team, new coach. They got like 50 new players. I think I read that they were either tied for the most 
uh, turn roster turnover or second most roster turn turnover in all of college football. So I, I might be wrong with that. And then I got a five team parlay of Vanderbilt, Nevada, Illinois, Nebraska, and Florida Atlantic. All of them are like heavy favorites, so I parlayed it and you know put some money on it. So taking a money line on that, yeah, all of those are money lines. Okay, I just, I just parlayed money lines on all those. They're the the worst odds, I guess. Or I guess the least favorite is Florida Atlantic. They're minus two seventy five. So it's like everybody else is heavily favored. Nebraska is minus six hundred. So. Yeah, I think 13-point favorites out in Dublin against Northwestern. Um, yeah. One thing, you know, you're not factoring into your Vanderbilt bet is that they're on their way to a national championship. So Vanderbilt um, is? Yeah, you know, you remember uh, – Oh, yeah. Yeah, the SEC Media Days quote. Um, yeah. They're ready for a national championship, so that journey starts today and then ends in – is it Indianapolis this year, wherever the national championship is? I don't know, but another thing to consider, and this has really been bothering me, Hawaii sold out that game as a home game. Like that game is sold out and Hawaii is 12 and one in their past 13 season openers. I think this year's team is a little bit different. Also, they're not playing at Aloha stadium. So that helps as well. Um, So I feel good about it. I feel, I mean, like it's Vanderbilt. They're, they're an sec team when they're playing Hawaii, when they're playing Hawaii, they're an sec team, but when they play sec teams, they're not exactly an sec team. Okay, um, that's fun stuff. It's Friday. Next time we talk to you, it's going to be Monday of game week, Arkansas, Cincinnati. Get excited. We're excited. We're going to have all the best game week coverage over at hogbeat.com. So go subscribe and then uh, subscribe to the Hogbeat YouTube as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Alex Trader. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>